Man, I'm just honored, honored to be back at LifePoint with my family. I consider you family, and I know you're like, I never met you before, preacher. You're not my family. Well, I'm your extended cousin. I'm the one you don't want to invite to the family reunion, all right? And I actually texted Pastor Daniel last night. I said, listen, Pastor, I promise you, I promise you, I'm going to behave, and I won't mess up anything. I promise. And uh, I love you so much, and I pray for you often. I'm cheering you on, and of course, Tabitha and I, we... We really do love your pastors, and it is honestly one of the greatest joys of my ministry, uh, one of the greatest privileges for, for us to come alongside Pastors Daniel and Tammy and serve them in the role of overseer and serve this house in that role. And I think you know this already, but it takes a healthy pastor to lead a healthy church. You know that, right? And, uh, and one of the things that I'm so thankful for and um, just so proud of with your pastors are the way they prioritize their health, the way they lead you in such a healthy way, and they're away today catching their breath and getting refueled and refreshed, but I promise you this, they'll come back with greater vision than ever before, and, and they are the best of the best. So come on, can you just help me thank Jesus for incredible pastors? We love them so much. Hey, I want to show you something. Uh, this past week, um, I was away with the, the students from our church, and uh, we were doing our version of, uh, of, of youth conference, and, um, and I, I grabbed a picture that I thought you might be interested in seeing. This, this is actually a picture of about 350 students, hands lifted high, praising Jesus. But let me, tell you, let me tell you why I took this picture on your behalf, because the song they're singing at the top of their lungs is Life Point Worship. It is Yes and I'm Ready, and that became, woo, that became a theme song for us at camp, and I just wanted to look you in the eyes and tell you thank you. Thank you for being a church that impacts churches. Thank you for being a church that is so in tune with what God's doing, that you're writing music that's literally impacting the world, and you played a part in 41 of those students saying yes to Jesus last week. How cool is that? Well, hey, it's been a little while since I was with you, so let me show you a picture of my family. I want to brag on them for a moment and let you know my crew, my beautiful wife beside me, Tabitha, and then in the middle of the picture, this is wedding day. This is wedding day for our son, Braden, who just graduated from college and is off to med school, and we were celebrating his marriage to our brand new daughter-in-law, Chloe. By the way, if you've got younger kids and you're like, what's it like to have a daughter-in-law? It's awesome. It is awesome because now I actually get a text from my son occasionally. So it is incredible. And, uh, and beside uh, Chloe is our middle daughter, Emma, who's a rising junior at Liberty University. And then um, our baby girl, Taylor, on the end, who just graduated from high school and is off to Highlands College to uh, study ministry and step into her calling. And I'll tell you what, that crew right there, they love you too. Can I just tell you that? They do, and uh, they're praying for us today here, here at LifePoint. Well, I am fired up, honestly, about um, studying some Proverbs with you. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. I want to warn you, though, before we jump in, that um, when I read the book of Proverbs... 
I, I read it a little differently than your pastor reads it and then some of the staff who've been preaching over the last few weeks, um, then they read it. And honestly, that's okay. It's one of the things that, that I love most about Pastor Daniel and one of the things I love most about your team here um, really is uh, everybody in this church is so incredibly optimistic. Have you noticed this? Like you are some positive people in this church. And I, and I, and I absolutely love that. I, I love that. So when, when you read the book of Proverbs, like you, you walk away with um, this idea of wisdom. And I think, that's, I, think that's really, I think that's really great. In fact, I've listened now to all the messages leading up to this message in the series, and they've all been so encouraging and so uplifting. And it's like, hey, guys, come on. Let's be wise. We can do this. Wisdom wins. Yes. And I feel that. Like all the sermons I've listened to, I've been like, yeah, I want to be, be more wise. And I appreciate it. But I'm a little different. Like, I'm a, I'm a little bit more of like a glass half empty kind of guy. Do you know what I mean? Uh, um, I, I, I go outside today and the, uh, the sun is shining. You say it's partly sunny. I say it's partly cloudy. Anybody else like this? And so when I read the book of Proverbs, I, I, I read it a, a, little, a little differently. They, they read it and it's like, uh, you know, wisdom. I, I read it and it's like foolishness. <laughs> And they, they read it and it's like, come on, everybody, we can be wise. We can be wise. I read it and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're a bunch of fools. <laughs> like Pastor Daniel did this whole series and he, and he titled it, um, Choose Wisely. If I were titling the series, my, my series title would be Stop Acting a Fool. That'd be my <laughs> series title. And so, um, so all the other sermons up to this one have been about wisdom and I just thought, I got to go a different, a different direction. I decided to title my sermon, I Pity the Fool. That's the name of today's. <laughs> Come on, I feel the spirit of Mr. T on this sermon right here. Come on, children of the 80s, I pity the fool. <laughs> I know you're like, well, what is, what is, what is a fool? Well, I, he I heard about this, this fool once who, um, who went to the doctor with severe burns on both his ears. And uh, the doctor walked in and asked the fool, he said, well, what, what happened to your, to your ears? And uh, the, the, the fool said, well, I was ironing my shirt and the phone rang. And I mistakenly picked up the iron and put it to my ear. I burned my ear. The doctor looked at him and said, oh, that's, that's terrible. But, but, but what happened to the other ear? The fool simply replied, he called back a second time. <laughs> oh, come on, that's funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny. And that's a fool. That's a, that's, a, that's a fool. A fool is someone who's really open to anything and everything. That's, that's a fool. Any idea, any action, any response, any words, any thought, any perspective, any ideal, they, they live their lives wide open to anything without any bearing of truth or direction, without any consideration of consequence. This is a fool, and there's a little fool in all of us. The book of Proverbs describes a fool like this, that the way of fools seems right to them. So in this moment, this thought, this action, this philosophy 
this decision, this, this feels right. It, it seems right. It seems like a great idea in the moment. To who? To you, fool. That's who. And there's a little fool in all of us. Proverbs goes on to describe fools like this, that a fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes. In other words, it's fun to be a fool for a little while. Like a, a fool is someone who thinks it's fun to do the wrong thing. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 that doesn't describe me. I don't think it's fun to do the wrong thing. I don't think it's fun to sin. Well, then you're not doing it right. Because <laughs> it's fun for a season, for a little while. It's, it's fun, but then, but then it sneaks up on you and it bites you. It comes around and, and it turns on you and robs you. The consequences, they, they attack you and it's not so fun anymore. It's like that cute little chihuahua that you see at the store and you're like, oh, I want to pet it. It's so cute. And you reach down to pet it, only you come back up with half a finger. <laughs> it's fun for a season. A fool is someone who does what they want to do in the moment. They, uh, they, they, they find themselves enjoying things that really they shouldn't. I'll give you one more fool verse from Proverbs. It says, it says this, that Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. I know you know nobody like that now. You didn't ride to church with anybody like that, did you? Like if you've ever thought to yourself, oh, I'm gonna tell them what I think, there's a little fool in all of us. You see, as much as the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom, and it is, the book of Proverbs is also a cautionary tale. It's a warning to all of us who aren't quite there yet, to all of us who still struggle with our thoughts and our decisions and our actions and our words, to all of us who are a little less sanctified. It's a warning that if we're not careful, and if we're not on guard, and if we're not paying close attention, we'll be the fool. We'll be the one that does what's right to us. We'll be the one who lives in the moment, for the moment. We'll be the one airing our own opinions. And there's a little fool in you, and a little fool in me. And before you look at me like you've been polishing your halo on the way to church today, we all have spent way too much of our lives doing foolish things, living as a fool. We've invested too much energy in foolish conversations. We, we've, we've spent way too much of our time in foolish decisions. In fact, most of the regrets of your life and mine really are because of something quite foolish. Let me, let me tell you about one of my most foolish moments. One of my most foolish. And um, I, re I remember it so clearly because, uh, because of the impact it made on us, but also because um, <laughs> this foolish moment actually happened years ago on my way to preach here at LifePoint. 
I was reliving it on the way here. Our kids were little then. Those big kids you saw in the picture, they were, they were much smaller. And we thought, well, on this ministry trip, we would stop and have some fun. And I had heard um, about river tubing in Richmond. Shout, shout out to the Richmond campus. I had heard about um, what it was like to tube on the Upper James, and I didn't know anything about it, so I, I did some research, and I actually found there's a, there's a place in Richmond you can rent these tubes, and they'll give you a little map, and they'll send you up the river, and they'll, they'll tell you where a drop-off spot is, and, and it's a very family-friendly river tubing experience. And so I thought, well, my kids will love this and we'll, we'll make, make a day of it and it'll be real special. And so we had some friends traveling with us and we, we went and rented the tubes. They, they gave us the map. They sent us up the river. We, 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 got in the, we got in the river and what I expected to be a fun-filled, exciting day of adventure was boring. Can I just say that to you? Like, Boat, like the, the water was stagnant, it wasn't moving, like, like we were sitting in tubes, but you pretty much had to paddle yourself to even, to even move. And what I thought was gonna be this wonderful fun field day was, was quickly beginning to, to devolve into not fun at all. And my kids were frustrated and I had built this thing up and they weren't very you know, thankful for the experience. And so I remembered that I had, I had read about while I was doing this research some river rapids in Richmond. And um, I, I wondered to myself, I wonder, I wonder why they didn't send us to those. Like that would be much more fun for river tubing than, than this place. And so I, I, I said to the kids, hey, what if we go find some river rapids to tube down? And the kids thought it was a great idea. And so we got out of the water on the upper James and, and loaded, loaded the tubes up in the, in, in the, in the cars. And we, um, and we went to find this location that I had read about, um, online. And when we got there, um, I probably should have known right from the beginning that this wasn't a good idea because, uh, there were a lot of people there, a lot of people on the shore, a lot of people on the banks of the river, uh, none of them in the water, no, nobody. <laughs> So that should have been the first sign. And then what, what, what probably should have been the second sign was the sign. <laughs> that should have been the second sign. The sign that said X number of people have actually drowned in these rapids, so don't enter. That should have been the sign. But by this point, the momentum was moving. Do you understand what I mean? Like the kids were pumped and I was on a mission. I had a need for speed. Let's go. And so... Um, we kept moving forward. What was the, the third sign that this was a, a bad idea, as if the fact that people weren't in the water and the, the sign wasn't enough, were the people who said to us, you shouldn't do this. <laughs> but we did it. We did it. And, um, and uh, I'm, I'm just going to tell you the end of the story, because if I told you the middle of the story, you would leave, okay? You would leave. So let's just, let me just tell you the end of the story um, and, and by the way, okay, back row, relax, relax. Everybody lives, okay? Just, just, just so you know, everybody lives. You saw the picture. We're all alive. But, um, but the, the story ends with my son, Braden, who's, I don't know, maybe 12 or 13 at the time. He's on the other side of the river. He's holding on to a rock 
for dear life. This is, this is no exaggeration. Like li- literally holding onto a rock. His tube is long gone. I mean, it has been swept away by the rapids. And, um, and, and Tabitha and the girls and our friends are safely on the other side, on, sh- on shore. And so I'm going to rescue my son. And I get caught in the rapids. And as I do, my, my, my footing slips and the rapids begin to carry me downriver and Tabitha on the shore with our girls, trying to make light of a very stressful, tense situation, says, he gone. That's what she said <laughs> about me. He gone. <laughs> to which my, my daughter, my youngest daughter, Taylor, thought she meant literally gone. And so she begins to have a total and complete meltdown on the side of the bank of the James River in Richmond, where she's screaming at the top of her lungs, my daddy and my brother are gonna die. And all these people sitting up on the shore, picnicking with their wine and cheese, petting their golden doodles, are looking at me like, you fool. (laughs) And they're right. They're right, I was a fool. I was a fool because on that day, I ignored one of the most prominent principles from the book of Proverbs. And I wanna show it to you today. I want to show it to you because this principle will be a determining factor between foolishness and wisdom. Let me, let me show it to you as a cautionary tale for all of us. One principle about being a fool straight from Proverbs, it says this, do not be wise in your own eyes. Oh, it rhymes. I know. It rhymes, which means you can remember this in the middle of the James River too. (laughs) Do not be wise in your own eyes. In fact, would you just join me every campus? Would you play along with me? And would you just read this out loud? I'd like for it to like sink into into your soul today. I want you to remember this proverb about being a fool. And and the Bible says this. Come on, read it with me. Do not be wise in your own eyes. This is what leads to foolish decisions. This is what takes us down the path of foolishness. So often in our lives, you and I, there's a little bit of it in all of us, we're wise in our own eyes. Now, let me tell you the surprising part of this verse. And you know this, if you've been following along with us in this series, if you've you've been reading along with us, in our version reading plan. If not, hey, it's not too late to jump in. You, you, can, you can jump into the version Bible app. You can join our entire church family as we're reading through the book of Proverbs. But you, so, so you know this, you've been reading along, that the writer of Proverbs, the guy who says to us, do not be wise in your own eyes, he's actually the person the Bible credits as being the wisest person to have ever lived. His name is Solomon. The Bible says that God gave to him more wisdom than anyone who would ever come before him or anyone who would ever come after him. And if you don't believe that, just read some of his writings found in Proverbs, Song of Solomon, and Ecclesiastes. You read any of his stuff And you'll walk away agreeing. This guy who lived thousands of years ago had wisdom and and insight and understanding that was way outside the realm of his time. He's so wise. Now, I want you to think about this. The wisest guy, the expert in wisdom, 
the wise guy says to you and I, do not be wise in your own eyes. Do you see the irony in that? Do you see it? It'd be like going to a doctor and a doctor who's an expert in medicine prescribes you medicine and then says to you, uh, don't trust the medicine. You see the irony? It'd be like, I don't know, going to the, going to the Apple store and asking the genius, hey, should, should, should I buy this iPhone? And the genius there at the Apple store looks back at you and says, oh, I, you know, you could buy the iPhone or you could go next door and buy a Samsung Galaxy. They're basically the same. Nobody with an iPhone thinks a Samsung Galaxy is basically the same. Hello, church. It'd be like asking me, hey, pastor, um, which donut is better, Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' Donuts? Oh, look at me. You know the answer already. There ain't but one donut worth eating. It's the one with the hot now sign, everybody. You with me? Okay. The expert, the expert would never say to you, oh, don't depend on the thing I'm recommending to you. That, that would never happen. However, it happens here. Solomon, an expert in wisdom, says, no, no, no. Don't depend on your own wisdom. Why would he say that? Because Solomon knows something. He understands something that you and I need to know and understand today, that when we rely on our own wisdom, that when we rely on our own understanding, that when you only apply the things that you yourself can read and comprehend and the experiences that you can have to the steps of your life, it simply will not be enough. You'll be a fool. When I, when I go at this based on my own wisdom, sooner or later, I discover I'm not smart enough, experienced enough, wise enough, insightful enough. I'm, I'm not gonna be able to figure this out enough. And that's why Solomon says, hey, hey, don't be a fool. There's a better way of living. There's a better way to life. Don't be wise in your own eyes. That's foolishness. Wisdom in your own eyes is being a fool. Okay, let, let, me, let me call a timeout because before we move on to the second half of this message, I need to make sure that we all agree with Solomon. And so, so to help you do that, I want, I, want you to, I want you to think of a time where you were wise in your own eyes and it didn't quite work out. This will be like a big, massive group therapy session, okay? And you'll feel better afterwards, I promise. So I want you to think of a time, you know, where... Some, something in your past, you, you thought, man, I know better, or I figured this out, or I'm smart enough, or I'm, 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 I'm wise enough, or I know how this is going to work out, and then in the end, it, it didn't work out at all. Let, let me help you. Let me help you. I'll give you some examples and just, just to jog your memory a little bit. Remember that car you leased? Oh. <laughs> and, and then you thought, oh, I can afford this. This is no problem. Oh, this is a great deal. This is no problem. And then you had to turn in that car. And you were like, oh, that wasn't such a good deal after all. Remember that opportunity you said yes to? And it all sounded good and it all sounded right. And now you know, uh, I should have said no. Remember that relationship you were in? 
And everybody else is like, I don't know about that relationship. I don't know about that guy. I'm not sure you should go out with him again, but you did anyway. You're like, I got this. Don't worry. Remember? Remember that credit card you signed up for? You were like, oh, I want that free t-shirt. Give it to me. You, you got one yet? Okay, okay, let me help some more of you. You ever gotten lost because you didn't want to use GPS? Oh, I don't need to ask for directions. Huh? Come on, you, you got one? You got one in your mind? Oh, how about this? How about this one? You ever failed a test because you thought you didn't have to study for it? Oh, I don't, oh, I don't need to study that. I, I let my driver's license lapse one time and, and, and I had to go retake the test. And I was like, I'm not, I've been driving for years. I don't need to study. I almost failed that test. I only passed it by one question, y'all. That was just God's grace, okay? That was all. Because so I didn't think I needed to study. Sir, you ever tried to convince your wife that you're right and she's wrong? Bad idea. Everybody with me now? That's a, that is you being wise in your own eyes. Bro, you ain't wise in hers, all right? Okay, everybody got one now? Everybody, this is gonna feel good. This is gonna feel good. If everybody, if you agree with Solomon, there's been a time in my life I was wise in my own eyes. Now I look back and I realize I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Would you just raise your hand? This will feel good. Everybody, every campus. Yes, yes. Now look around. You are in a church of fools. <laughs> Because there's a little bit of it in all of us, in all of us. And my point is, we, we don't know everything, and we're not smart enough or insightful enough, and yet we've all, we've all acted like we were, and we've all got stories to tell of our own foolishness, because we've all been wise in our own eyes, and if that were the end of the sermon, we, we'd all go home depressed and feeling pretty lousy. But I did not come to Fredericksburg today to preach a depressing, lousy sermon. I could have stayed home and done that. Y'all understand? I came to tell you today that you don't have to be a fool. You don't have to be wise in your own eyes. You don't have to figure it all out on your own. You don't have to act like, ah, oh, I got this on my own. No, no, no. You don't have to live that way anymore. There's a better way to live, everybody. There's a better way. In his wisdom's way. Solomon actually gives it to us. Solomon says, do not be wise in your own eyes. And then Solomon says this, instead, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And then he elaborates and he says, and in all your ways, in all what ways? In all your ways, in all your marriage ways, all your parenting ways and all your decision ways and all your thought ways and all the ways of your words. In all your ways, acknowledge God and watch the promise of Scripture. When you do, God will make your path straight. Now, I don't know about you, but I've lived long enough to know that when I'm in charge of my own path, it is a mess. It is a crooked, messed up pathway. But when God takes over, the, the literal translation is he clears the path for you. Who needs that in your life? He clears the path. I need it. I need it, and you do too. 
Because when left on my own, I'll be a fool. But when I invite God in and acknowledge him in every area of my life, he clears the path. And I want you to ask the question today, what would it look like for me to trust in the Lord instead of leaning on my own understanding? What would it look like for me to start every day acknowledging, God, I I need you. I need you in every area of my life so that you'll straighten the path of my life. You see, the principle that I think Solomon's teaching us, it just simply goes like this. You might write this down, that dependence gives direction. That dependence fuels direction, that it drives direction. And then if you and I can be dependent on God and not independent in ourselves, we'll have the direction we need for our lives. It's like this a while back, Tabitha, my wife, was helping me put together some patio furniture and we opened the box and, and immediately I started putting the pieces together and immediately she started reading the instructions. So that's the difference between men and women, right? And I'm like, babe, what are, you, what are you doing? Put the directions down. We don't need them. And so sure enough, she put them down and she starts helping me. We're putting pieces together and assembling. And about 20 minutes in, I'm like, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? Pick up the directions and read them to me. Because <laughs> it, it, it quickly became evident to me that, that I'd put some things out of order, out of place. The, the, the pieces weren't fitting. And the end result of that was I, I needed some direction. And when I was willing to depend on the directions, I quickly started to realize that I needed to go back and undo some things so I could put it together the right way so we can enjoy it for its intended purpose. This is the way some of us live our lives. And we go at life so independently. Oh, I got it figured out. I'm a self-made man. I can do it my own way. We go in life so independently. I'm smart enough, strong enough. And the problem comes much later in life when we start to look back over the course of our life and realize we've done some things in the wrong order. We've put some pieces together that really don't fit there. We've made a mess. And that's when we want to redo what we've already done. How much better would it be if you and I We just start today declaring our dependency on God from the get-go. God, I I need you. I, I, I don't have this all figured out. I need you. I need you to give me direction. In fact, I just sense in my spirit today that maybe that's your story. That you came to church with a decision over your head. That you came to church today needing some clear direction about some finances, some clear direction about your marriage, some clear direction about raising some kids. Maybe you got a business deal that is just kind of looming over your head today. And you're like, I don't know what to, I don't even know what to do about it. Let let me stop you before you are wise in your own eyes. What What if you join me in just declaring your dependency on God and say, God, direct me. I depend on you. In fact, can I, can I give you a simple little prayer to start to pray? This is, this is the takeaway from today's message. 
I think this would be an amazing prayer to add to your daily Bible reading through the book of Proverbs. A simple little prayer, intentionally simple. Because when I'm acting a fool, I need it to be simple. This is one all of us can pray and every one of us can remember. It just goes like this. God, I depend on you in all my ways. In all my ways. God, I depend on you in all my ways. I'm not gonna lean in my own understanding. I depend on you in all my ways. Now, let me ask you a question. Why wouldn't you pray that? What what, what would keep you today from the next time, the next time you're facing a decision, the next time you're struggling with a thought, the next time you're like, I don't know how to respond to this, the the next time you're like, I don't really know what to say and and, and how to react. What, What would keep you from saying, God, I depend on you in all my ways. Just see where his spirit leads you. I I love what the prophet Isaiah says about our God. Isaiah says this. He says, do you not know? Have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God? He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his, look at this, his understanding, none of us can fathom. That's what's available to us today. The creator of the universe's thoughts. That's what's available to us. The understanding of the creator of the universe is available to you and I if we would just learn to depend on him in all our ways. I'm uh, I'm turning 40 eight years old this year, 48 this summer. And I don't know, I don't know what it is um, about getting older. Maybe it's, you look back on life and you realize your own tendency to make a mess of things. I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's wisdom that comes with age and gray hair and achy bones. I don't know what it is. But I feel like I feel like the older I get, the more I realize that this is the prayer I need to pray more often. God, I depend on you in all my ways. We, we've, uh, we've been, you know, stepping into a new stage of life as parents. <laughs> I, I, I remember when we had little kids thinking, this is as hard as it will ever get. (laughs) You try parenting big kids. There's a whole nother level. God, I depend on you in all my ways. We've been dealing as a family with some health challenges, things that were out of our control, things that we don't have clear answers for yet. God, I depend on you in all my ways. We've been praying through some decisions in our leadership. God, I depend on you in all my ways. I don't know what it is for you today, but I want to give you a moment to declare dependency on the God of this universe. And when you do, watch out. Watch out, because he will clear the path on your behalf. So we're going to put this little prayer up on the screen. 
And um, if you haven't memorized it yet, you can just keep your eyes open to pray it. But if you've got it in your heart, then you can bow your heads and close your eyes. And from your heart, you can say it. But I'd like to ask you to open your hands toward heaven. Release control. It's not in my own wisdom. God, it's in yours. And would you just whisper this prayer from your seat, wherever you are today, to the God of the universe. He's listening. Come on, would you pray it with me? God, I depend on you in all my ways. So Lord, give direction now. Clear the path. We'll follow you wherever you lead. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Some of you today, you need to know that Jesus cleared the path for you to have a relationship with the God who created you. He loves you so much. He made you in his image. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to forgive you of your sin. He wants to give you the power of the Holy Spirit to live in the hope of heaven one day when you die. If you've never said yes to Jesus, this is your moment, this is your time. Pray this prayer from your heart. God's listening, really mean it. Say, Jesus, I want to know you. I want my sin forgiven by you. I want to be made right with God in heaven through you. Thank you, Father, for every person praying that prayer for all of us today, depending on you. We step into wisdom now. In Jesus' name we pray. Hey, I love your life point. Come on, can you thank God for his word today? Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Feel free to rate, review, and share with a friend. If you'd like to find out how you can get involved or partner with us financially, visit lifepoint.org or download the LifePoint app. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart. See you soon.